We all heard the State of the Union on Tuesday night. I'll tell you why the state of the Bearcats is not what it was three years ago. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. We've made it to the end of the week. The weekend is just here, almost here. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm fired up to be here with you today. So the reason why I say the Bearcats, the state of the Bearcats is not what it was three years ago is think about three years ago and specifically think about December of 2019. So December 18th, one week before Christmas, John Cunningham gets hired. And the state at the time of the Cincinnati Bearcats was good. You had an ascending football program. You had a basketball program that was at least trying to, under John Brannon, um, um, thrust themselves into the modern era of college basketball. Offensive-driven, all that sort of stuff. But... Think about what's happened since then. And a lot of things that have happened since then have been good. At that time, you didn't think about the college football playoff nearly as much as you did and I did in 2021 or even at the beginning of last year. You didn't think about, um, or you probably did rather, but you didn't know if it was going to come the Bearcats day to get into a Power 5 conference. There was a lot of good that was happening in 2019, but you really didn't know what exactly was going to happen. Was Luke Fickle going to stay for the long term? Um, How was John Brandon going to fare as head coach? And ultimately, what was going to be accomplished under new director of athletics, John Cunningham? Let's fast forward to now. Right now, the state of the Cincinnati Bearcats as a whole in athletics is incredible. It is bright, it is packed with potential, it is passionate, it is enthusiastic, it is in the modern era. We are at the table, the big boys table of college athletics, and that is major thanks to John Cunningham. What he has done since getting hired, two contract extensions for Luke Fickle, went through a pivotal coaching search, led a pivotal coaching search after John Brandon was fired for, um, I believe, um, after John Brandon was fired. He led that coaching search. He led that coaching search for one of the most successful programs in college basketball that was in tatters. And I'll explain where the state of men's basketball specifically is, but he led that search He landed the right guy. He got the Bearcats into the Big 12. 
He then hired a football coach after the most successful era in Bearcats football history. That's what John Cunningham has done. Oh, and by the way, the Ready From Day One initiative, the new football facility, all that spearheaded by John Cunningham. Season tickets have sold out at Nippert Stadium. All that's happened under John Cunningham. You didn't know what to expect from John Cunningham after Mike Bone left three years ago. Now he is the spearhead of an athletic program that is charging both in football and men's basketball. Let's go specifically to football. The state of the Bearcats football program, as Mo Egger alluded to earlier this week, as my former colleagues at Bearcats Media, Zach and Sean, alluded to earlier this week, the state of the Bearcats football program is not what your worst fears might have been when Scott Satterfield was hired. I think about the coaches that have been retained and the hometown heroes that have been retained, and I think that, yes, we are entering a new era, the next chapter of Bearcats football, and we're turning the page from the most successful era of Bearcats football, but that doesn't mean this program is going to fall off a cliff. In fact, I think this program is going to be just fine. This year may be a step back from where the, the program has been the last few years, But if the program had not been where it's been the last few years, you wouldn't care as much, probably. Invested in the Bearcats football program. We care about stuff like recruiting. We care about stuff like who's on the schedule, especially now being in the Big 12. So the state of the football program, um, when I was preparing for this show, good fertile ground. You've got expectations that are good. Now I say that. Even though I have said, don't have expectations. What I would tell you is, um, enjoy being in the Big 12, playing in conference games. That's if you go 3-6 and six or 4-5 and five in the Big 12, which I'm not saying is going to happen. It could. But you're playing nine Power 5 conference games. It used to be, prior to when John Cunningham arrived, your Power 5 games came and went. And then you play conference games against teams that you're probably glad aren't on the schedule anymore. I know I am. But but the state of the Bearcats football program is because of what it has done the last three years under John Cunningham. Two conference championships, two New Year's Six Bowls, a college football playoff appearance, getting into the Big 12. That stuff is important. And all that has been done under the Bearcats athletic Bearcat Athletics, its leader. You have a foundation in place with the hometown heroes who were recruited by Luke Fickle, who was a master at recruiting. But they've stayed because they are they are playing for the program, not the head coach. Uncertainty with Scott Satterfield and the new coaching staff, yes, is abundant. There is roster turnover. But then again, look at the Big 12 schedule, how good and favorable it is. Oklahoma at home. Avoiding Texas, avoiding Kansas State and TCU, the two teams who played for the Big 12 championship last year. TCU played for the national championship last year. Understanding that you get BYU in September as opposed to November. You're home the whole month of October. And you get UCF at home in November. That is as good and favorable of a draw as you could have asked for your first season heading into the Big 12. So 
That's a good part of the state of the Bearcats. You've got resources that are enhanced. You have a passionate fan base. You have recruiting at Cincinnati. And above all, you are now at the big boys table, which is something that we have all been wanting since conference realignment 10 years ago. When the Bearcats were, um, when the Big East, um, when, um, you know, the old Big East dissolved and the Bearcats were left on the wrong end of it or not on a good end of it. Now they're there. In the Big 12, you are going to a football conference that has dynamic offenses. You are going to a basketball conference that is not even close to being an argument that it is the best conference in, in the country. The Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball. Hands down. And your program that has been one of the most successful programs in, men's, in college basketball history is now going to be a part of that conference. But going back to football, which is the highest revenue-driven sport in college athletics, you now, after what you've accomplished with a head coach who, yes, there is uncertainty, but there's also a lot of hope and aspiration because Scott Satterfield, being a former quarterback, what he did at Appalachian State, what he did at Louisville to rebuild it, and coming to Cincinnati, a program that he has said has admired from afar for many years, and the fact that he's offensive-minded, that's going to thrust the Bearcats into the future of college football. All right, speaking of men's basketball, the present may not be what you want it to be right now, but there are bright days ahead. I'll explain after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So, Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. I still like the Eagles minus one and a half, and I still like um, the over-under at 50 and a half. I still like a slight over. Now, let's look at some individual bets. Jalen Hurts. Uh Jalen Hurts passing yards over under 238 and a half. I'm going to go under there. Patrick Mahomes 294 and a half. I'm going to take an under there. Passing touchdowns for the two. Jalen Hurts, I'll say over one and a half. Patrick Mahomes, I'll say over one and a half as well. Travis Kelsey, former Bearcat, I'll take over 79 and a half receiving yards. Um, let's go to, let's see what other first bets we have. Okay. Or other bets we have. AJ Brown, I'll go. Over 72.5 receiving yards. And Devontae Smith, I'll say, over 63.5 receiving yards. As for the running backs, Miles Sanders, I'll say over 61.5 rushing yards. Isaiah Pacheco, I'll go over 46.5. That is a way too low of a line. I'll say over 46.5 rushing yards. Jarek McKinnon, I'll say um, over 19.5 rushing yards. And Kenneth Gainwell, I'll go over 19.5 rushing yards. There you go. 
All right, continuing along, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. Um, the reason why I like using the FanDuel app is it is easy to use. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Frank, back with you right here on Locked On Bearcats. We are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's get to the state of the men's basketball program and I understand a lot of you might be frustrated and I think the um I think because we're still not that far removed from nine straight NCAA tournament appearances in fact it will only be four years this year and when you think about when you think about it since I mean there wasn't a tournament in 2020 2021 was I don't want to. I, I mean, it, it kind of feels like a lost year, even though the Bearcats came within a game of reaching the tournament. Last year, first year head coach. Eventually, once February hit, reality set in that th- this team was not going to make the tournament. And then this year, we, we don't know. And I understand a lot of us are still frustrated from Tuesday night against Tulane. I am. I am as well. That was a golden opportunity they missed. If you win that game, yes, you've lost you lost two key players to injury in that game, Victor Locke and Rob Finnessy. But you're saying to yourself, man, we just overcame that. And now we're eight and four in conference play, and we got a chance to, you know, make some noise down the stretch. You've got six games remaining this year. The present may be not as great as you want it to be, but I think bright days are ahead with Jizzle James, with Day Day Thomas with all these recruits coming in, Rayvon Griffith and maybe Landers Nolly, Jeremiah Davenport, and Micah Adams-Woods, if all three of those guys stay, you could be talking about a very, very good team, a good roster next year. Um, and also think about Dan Skillings Jr., what he's done this year. Think about um, eventually you're going to see Sage Tolentino play, which you could see him now uh, with Victor locking out. But the state of the program is it's getting better for me. You have the right coach. You just need more talent. I mean, it's evident when Tulane's three best players score 50, 78 points combined on Tuesday night. If Tulane is doing that to you, what's going to happen when you face, I don't know, Oklahoma State on a Tuesday night in the Big 12? You're not going to be playing Tulane in an arena that seats Almost, I think around 4,000 people. You're not going to face that in the Big 12. You're going to be in a lot big, you're going to be bigger environments, and it's going to be tough. But just think for a minute. This team does a lot of things well. They're good offensively. When, when the three ball is connecting, they're very good from three-point range. They're an exciting team to watch. But here's the kicker. Right now, and the biggest thing to me with the state of the bakes to win, there are characteristics that aren't here right now that were here um, even three years ago. And we're definitely here on Mick Roden teams. 
And the reason why that is, and Mo Egger echoed this sentiment here and on his radio show on ESPN 1530, there is not a guy on this team right now that can take over a game when it gets hard. Landers Nolly is not that guy. He's not a Jaron Cumberland. Jaron Cumberland could take over a game. Trey Scott could take over a game. Gary Clark could take over a game. Sean Kilpatrick could take over a game. There has not been that guy since Jaron Cumberland left. A top 10 scorer all time in Bearcats history. Right now, you don't have that guy. And that is why you're losing games against Tulane and Temple. The Bearcats have lost five conference games this year. Houston twice, okay. But Temple's a team you should beat. Historically, you have. Wes Miller's now 0-3 against them, against them in his head coaching career with the Bearcats. Um, Memphis. Say what you want about Memphis. I don't know if they're as good as you might think they are. I mean, they just, they've been swept by Tulane this season. But you, they, you let them come into your arena for the third straight year and beat you. That's a team you should beat. Especially at home. And then you go on the road and lose to Tulane. By the way, that is the second time in the last three trips to Tulane that you've lost. And to be honest, excuse me, that's embarrassing. Because there are not, this team does not do the things it needs to do to win games like Tuesday night. To close out a game. They don't play defense down the stretch. They take bad shots. You know, they're not imposing their will. Look at Mick Cronin teams. They would impose their will on you. In games they should win. And Tuesday night maybe wasn't a game they should have won. They were a point and a half underdog. If you want to base it on that. But if you look at the way the game played out for the first 38 minutes, I would tell you the Bearcats should have won that game. So again, they're not great situationally, and they don't have the characteristics that successful Bearcats teams have had in the past, and they must adopt those to have success in 12. All right, coming up, um, I'm going to give you the overall state of University of Cincinnati Athletics. And I've got one stat that blew my mind, and it will maybe blow yours too. I'll explain what that is after we hear from two of our sponsors. This Sunday, Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. And what's uh, what's one of the biggest storylines is the fact that it is the first ever Super Bowl featuring a pair of brothers facing against each other in terms of players, Jason and Travis Kelsey. Travis of the Eagles, uh, I'm sorry, Travis of the Chiefs, excuse me, Jason of the Eagles. And they hail from the University of Cincinnati. They hail from the University of Cincinnati. That is incredible to think about. The first ever pair of brothers to face off in a Super Bowl, and they hail from this school, my alma mater, my mom's alma mater, my grandparents' alma mater. I've got a lot of family from that attended this university. And the Super Bowl, which is the biggest age in all of sports. And now it is represented by Jason and Travis Kelsey who are two great ambassadors for the University of Cincinnati. But here's the stat that is really indicative 
of how far this university has come. And that is not only on the map, but it has been, it is established. So I heard earlier this week a stat that Andy Reid, the head coach of the Chiefs, has drafted more players in his entire head coaching career, not just with Kansas City, but including Philadelphia. He has drafted more players from the University of Cincinnati than any other school in the country. Now think about that for a minute. This is the best this is the best head coach in the NFL right now. This is one of the best head coaches of my generation. This is one of the best head coaches maybe right now of all time and certainly if the Chiefs win on Sunday to give him two Super Bowl rings, one of the best head coaches in NFL history. And in his 24-year head coaching career going back to 1999, He has drafted more players from Cincinnati than any other school in the country. They include Trent Cole, Brent Selleck, Jason Kelsey with the Eagles, Travis Kelsey, one of his first draft picks with the Chiefs, Park Ellinger, or Ellinger, I forget how you pronounce his name, and Brian Cook this year. The University of Cincinnati has had six Players drafted by Andy Reid. That is incredible. I mean, here's a program in Cincinnati that was, yes, on the map in 2008 and 2009, but then they fell off. And in 2018, when Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes um, started their quarterback-coach relationship and tenure at Kansas City, all of a sudden, the University of Cincinnati, um, their program, um, their their program, not only improved and became relevant again, but then burst onto the national scene. And now they are, they're at the Power 5 level, and you realize that a coach like Andy Reid has drafted more players from this university than any other school in the country. That is remarkable to think about. This is a head coach who, in 24 years as a head coach, has been to four Super Bowls, which, again, don't let what Bill Belichick has accomplished make what Andy Reid has accomplished just a footnote, because it's not. And in 24 years as a head coach, he's been in the playoffs 18 times. And when you think about a player like Travis Kelsey, who is no question the best tight end in the NFL. And he has passion for the University of Cincinnati. And so too does Jason. And now you're seeing both of them in the Super Bowl. This is Travis's third Super Bowl. This is Jason's second. And they are both at the top of their, the top of their craps, at their positions. And you realize now that one of them is going to be a two-time Super Bowl champion, and they are both going to be in the Hall of Fame. And they hail from the University of Cincinnati for a program that maybe from a football standpoint, there wasn't that much to get excited about years ago. Again, the state of the football program now is after sending nine players to the pros in 2022. And by the way, one of them playing Sunday and Brian Cook, one of them becoming a um, first team all pro as a rookie, Sauce Gardner, another one going to the playoffs in Kobe Bryant with the Seahawks. And you realize now that this program is 
just as good as sending players to the pros as is Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and any other blue blood because from the standpoint of Andy Reid, who is the best head coach in the NFL right now, has drafted more players from Cincinnati than any other school in the country. And this is Andy Reid we're talking about. This is a guy who has been at it for a long time and has been a model of consistency. Much like I want the Bearcats to be in football, sorry, and men's basketball. This is what Andy Reid has done, and the University of Cincinnati has played a large role in that. Not just the Kelsey brothers. And obviously, he left Philadelphia after Jason was drafted. But the fact that he drafted Jason, and then he has built himself into being the best center in the NFL, and then he goes to the Chiefs, a franchise that was downtrodden at the time, and then he drafts Eric Fisher, number one overall, and then Travis Kelsey. And look at what the Chiefs have done since then. And you knew, oh, hey, Travis Kelsey's from Cincinnati. I'll root for this guy. But he has just become the best tight end in, in, in the sport. And he is a proud Bearcat alum. That is cool stuff. And it speaks to how far the program has come. Not only are we sending players to the NFL and, oh, hey, we got one great player. No. We're setting players to the NFL because this is a good program where you can come to and develop into a pro prospect and get drafted. And not only that, but do well in the pros. My first year at Cincinnati, the Bearcats had draft hopefuls. Now, we're talking about a university that just had its first number one or first round pick since 1971, 51 years ago. And then you hear Andy Reid has drafted more players from Cincinnati than any other school in the country. You just think, man. And you think about Andy Reid's success and how much the Bearcats have played a part of that. And then you realize this year that there are three Cincinnati Bearcats in the Super Bowl. There are three Cincinnati Bearcats in the Super Bowl. The Kelsey brothers and Brian Cook. How cool is it that the University of Cincinnati, a school historically known for its basketball and discovery meta drill, and now, and now you realize that the first pair of brothers to face off in the Super Bowl, they hail from Cincinnati. That is cool, wicked stuff. As far as Super Bowl 57. And what I think of it, um, I do think that the Eagles are going to win because they are loaded. Their offensive line is incredible at paving the way for its running game, which has been so dominant all season. And their defensive line, I don't think nearly gets the credit and recognition it should get. They have set, they had 70 sacks in the regular season. 49 of those came from their front four. Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, and Hassan Reddick. And, oh, by the way, you add your, the big body of Fletcher Cox. This defense is absolutely loaded. And I think the Eagles are going to come out with the win. I don't know how healthy Patrick Mahomes is. We've been hearing that his ankle's better, and Andy Reid said that he should be able to do everything in the game plan. But I just think Philadelphia is so good up front. 
Um, I think Kansas City's rookie corners, despite what they were able to do against the Bengals receivers in the AFC title game, I think they're going to um, run into problems with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I think Philadelphia wins 31-21. to Jason Kelsey, a two-time Super Bowl champion, and um, I don't know if he'll retire. Chad Brendel talked about that earlier in this week. I don't know if he'll retire after this game, but you win two Super Bowls in your career and you retire at the top of at the top of your craft, maybe he will. And what a career it will be if he does that. That's going to do it. That's going to round out the week. Bearcats and USF tomorrow on the hardwood. I will be there. I'll be back home in Ohio. Looking forward to that. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. For Locked On Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Please stay safe and stay healthy wherever you're going to be for the Super Bowl so you can keep making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. More importantly, because staying safe and healthy are two things you should absolutely do every day of your life. Looking forward to being back home in Ohio this weekend. Um, Back home in Ohio for good. Looking forward to that. Have a great weekend. I'll be back here on Monday right here on Lockdown Bearcats. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. Instagram, Alex Frank, not underscore, and email, Alex3Frank at gmail.com. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great weekend. And I'll talk to you on Monday right here on Locked